Into sports. 20 yards out. Urshan shoot. Don't shoot. Oh, what a goal from Fabinho. Wow. Then get into the all-new OTB Sports app. I think when he apologizes to me, I probably will say hello to him. Yeah, no. Videos, sports news, live scores, interviews. If Abregas is going to come up to me in the street and give me some of a mouth that he would have given me on a football pitch, what do we get a slap? Plus exclusive content on the OTB Podcast Network. The biggest names in sports, ready when you are. Search OTB Sports on your app store and download it now. The OTB Podcast Network. Football on Off The Ball With Paddy Power More confident than United before a Europa League final Gamble responsibly, see dunlewy.net Welcome back, it's Thursday is Off The Ball Nathan with you until 10, it is half 7 So it's time to talk to John Giles Evening John Evening Nathan We get on to the start of the new Premier League season But we might look back first on Stephen Kenny's first two games in charge of the Republic of Ireland Results wise, certainly not what he would have wanted Just one point from the two games against Bulgaria and Finland In terms of learning about the players and planning for the playoff against Slovakia Do you think he'd have got what he wanted from the two games? Well, he would have learned a lot, uh, uh, Nathan. But I think he would have expected better performances and better results. Uh, but that's that's the ideal. You don't get that. Uh, well, most managers don't get when they're starting off like uh, like Stephen is starting off now, mm. which means that you've got a group of players that uh, you have ideas about who can play, who can't play, but you don't know and finally know until you see them play and uh, see what's going on. So he only had, he's unfortunately only had two games in competitive, in competitive uh, competitions, Nathan. I think it takes managers about six to eight matches to really get to know and are finally clear in your head what is your best team. Mm. It does seem as though it is quite radical quite quickly what he's trying to do and in fairness to Stephen Kenny he spoke about this in advance that you know he wanted to change the way the team were going to play a more possession based style maybe play the game on the front foot a little bit more and he also changed quite a few experienced personnel Seamus Coleman dropping out of the side for the first time and I think it was eight years uh, James McLean dropping out of the side Jeff Hendrick didn't play the second day was it all too much too soon? Would he have been better off sticking with the old guard a little bit longer and, and easing in one or two players? Or is he doing the right thing and uh, laying down a marker right from the start? Well, I think he's got to, I think he's got to try out the players, uh, Nathan. That's why he could do it six to eight matches before he goes into a competitive match. Well, that's not the case. Uh, the, the, the only thing I, would, I wouldn't agree with uh, is the, um, leaving, leaving Sharon Coleman out for Doherty. Because uh, there, there, there are certain things you can look at that you can learn from the previous manager or the previous results. And one of the things that was outstanding in uh, Mick McCarthy's short reign, second reign, was that the uh, goals, against was ver- goals against were very, very good. In other words, I think the back five were very, very good. Nathan, they mm. didn't give. Did, did you know how many goals they gave away? Yeah, they conceded five in the eight matches. Eight matches. That's very, very good. And I thought that all those players were good. And uh, what what I I, I don't agree with, with Stephen is that he left Seamus Coleman out to bring Doherty in. Now I think Doherty is a very, very good player, very fine player, particularly for Wolves, where he's playing as a wing back. Mm. Nathan, now. Uh, in the five, the, the, in the matches where we only lost the five goals, we had a flat back four. In other words, Seamus Coleman is not a wing back; he's a full back. And when you're playing, that's a different thing altogether. Being a, fo- a wing back, 
which Doherty is very, very good at. Yeah. So I, I would I would stick with what was proven to be solid in in the back five. Uh, because I don't think Doherty is as good a defender as Seamus Coleman is, uh, and I think it's, it's vital to defend and get the, the results from the back that we got in the previous matches. So I, I, I wouldn't agree with that. That's my opinion. Yeah. And also, I also believe that uh, I think he's trying to play a uh, what's the the, the, the back at the, at the back, Nathan. Uh, playing, well, we used to call it the old offside. Right, playing a very high line, yeah. A high line. I, I, well, first, I, I don't agree with a high line at all because I think it's uh, it's it, you're taking a chance all the time whether you're mm. going to get the people offside. It used to be known as the old offside trap. That's the way I would see it. And uh, with the back five that we have, I don't think it's necessary to make a dramatic change like that and the Coleman situation. Now, I, I don't want to be too too hard on Stephen in any way. I think. Uh, you know, he's, he deserves a run at the job. It's only the first two matches that he's played, and he'll get to know his best players as he goes along in the matches. In my own experience, going to, to West Brom, for example, uh, Nathan, I'd played against those lads for about 10 years, and I had at least three to four that I was totally wrong against, that I assumed they could do this, that, and the other, and they couldn't. So you don't know until you actually see the players out on the field. You have ideas, like Stephen will have ideas, yeah. who to play. But you don't know, Nathan, until you actually see them play. And, 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 and he hasn't had uh, that situation now. So it, it was very difficult for him. And I wouldn't pay too much uh, interest. I wouldn't have too much interest in the results that he's had. It's a learning curve. I understand where you're coming from when you look at the goals conceded statistic under Mick McCarthy in five and eight games is very impressive mm. but to counter that Ireland only scored seven goals in the eight games in a group that included Gibraltar and I suppose that is the worry when you look at the performances and how many chances Ireland gave up there was a sense I think that everyone had that Ireland were very strong defensively but was it actually that all those players had to do was defend that they weren't expected to do anything else that they sat incredibly deep what? invited teams onto them and that Whereas if we're to score more goals, if Ireland are to score more goals under Stephen Kenny, he needs a bit more out of those defenders. Well, you, well, you don't expect... Well, uh, with respect, Nathan, I don't agree with that at all. You're not expecting the defenders to score goals. But can you, not, expe can you not expect to them to create goals? goals? they did. And can you not expect defenders to start attacks from deeper, to get on the ball a little bit more, rather no, than just a back-to-the-wall the job? Players, Nathan. No, right. defenders have to play. Defenders' are, are main job is to defend. When they win the ball, then they've got to give the ball to somebody. That's when the midfield players particularly come into it. Uh, so, but we, we, we're not strong in midfield. You, you have to go with what you're strong with until you find that out. You know, you have to find out. How they, you see... What they did to concede the five goals was to was to play with those players and play within a cover position. There was no high 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 line in those particular matches. So what I'd be saying was, well, don't go with a high line and don't go with different defenders because they've already done it. What you what you've got to worry about then is the midfield players and the strikers. That's a different that's a different situation altogether. But what you what you do with most teams is make sure your defence is good. And the defence in the last two matches haven't been as good as they were in the previous five matches. Hmm. That's why I think that's where I think that Stephen made a mistake. 
The other things he has to do, he has to see that, that, that quite rightly, they played a, a, a midfield four, then he changed it for the next match. Quite rightly, and, and some of the lads up front, that's what you have to do to find out. But if something is proven to be right, whether it be attacking or defending, then in my opinion, you stay with that. He tried, as you mentioned, six different midfielders across the two games, changed the yes. midfield, and I'm not sure if you did any of the six really put their hand up and say, you know what, I got to start next month in the playoff against Slovakia. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, uh, I don't think I don't think any of the midfield uh, uh, situations worked, mm. uh, Nathan. So there'll be more trial and error in that particular uh, area. I mean, what, what I what I'd seen if I was picking the, the midfield now, and I don't have, uh, I'd, I'd be starting like Stephen. I'd be starting from scratch. But what I'd have in my head is Odelda, Arthur, Brady, and McLean. That's what I'd have. Uh, that's what I would start with. Right. But there again, I'm not picking the team or nothing because I think if we we the, 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 we're not going to beat players from the middle of the field, uh, Nathan. So the only players that we have, in my opinion, that are going to beat players is Odelda can beat players. And McLean can beat players, so I'd leave those two wide and get the ball out to them as much as possible. Because I, I, I think uh, Brady is our best bet for picking a pass out. Arthur is industrious, but I don't think either of them are going to be outstanding midfield players uh, of the caliber that we would like to have. So I would go without it to, to beat the players and McLean to beat the players. So you, you'd go with a four in mid. Uh, you'd essentially end up going with a four-four-two then. Yes. Definitely. I wouldn't have the high line, yeah. uh, and I would have Coleman in the team as a defender. I like Doherty. I like what he does for Wolves. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he'll get you a few goals uh, from the, 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 the back position. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was different the other day. See, a lot of, like, a lot of time, I think, he, 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 was, he was trying to attack. See, when you're going to score goals tonight and you like a forward, you have to think the best all the time. Mm. And for every six times you go in, you might only get it once. Now, if you're a goal-scoring fullback, that's the mentality Doherty has. So he can leave the defensive. He, he doesn't see his defensive duties. Or in Wolves, and anyway, he, he's encouraged to do what he did, what he does. But Ireland don't play with the wing-backs. And it's it, it proven to be successful in the, in the previous matches they played under McCarthy because the, of the five goals we conceded, only five that we conceded in the eight games. Stephen Kenny has said that he's quite pragmatic and that he's not wedded to one system in terms of that 4-3-3, but it does feel as though he's going to continue with it for probably the game in Slovakia and maybe for a few more of these matches before the end of the year. Is it possible... I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too sure about that now. Right. I, I think, having looked at the matches, he might very well go back to the, to, uh, uh, the, full-backs, uh, the full-back situation. I don't know. I, I mean, I, Steve, Stephen is the manager. He's yeah. going to do. But, but what, but I'd, be, I, I, I'd be surprised if he sticks with the uh, uh, with Doherty in the the, the the wing back position as he plays it. Yeah, but ju- but just in terms of the midfield, then because if he was to stick with what he went with, with the first two games and tried three in the midfield and either a James McCarthy at the base or a Harry Arthur at the base, like if he wants to play that front foot football maybe a bit more possession-based. Can he do that? Do, it goes back to the old, does he have the players with the skill set required for that type of midfield? Well, well, if you, if you play Odell wide on the right and McLean wide on the you're not dependent that much on the midfield players to be creative because you, you have players to give it out to to get on with that, doing their stuff down the wings, Nathan. Hmm. I don't think we have a player in the group that's going to dominate from the middle of the field at all. Yeah. 
I think we're, we're much of a muchness in that position. So that's why I would play two players in the middle and two wide. So as you give it out to the two players who can make progress from there. You see, if you look at the stats, uh, uh, in the two matches, we had more possession of the ball uh, than, than uh, Bulgaria and Finland. Yeah. But keeping possession of the ball is one thing. You get it and you give it to the fullback and you get it back and you give it to the other fullback. That's, it, it doesn't get you anywhere. I, I, and, and actually, in, in the whole game of football at the moment, there are very few players. Uh, I mean, the idea for, thing for a midfield player is to be able to beat and dribble past your opposing midfield player. Mm. It, 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 it doesn't happen, or it very seldom happens. I watched England the other night. Uh, and, and they couldn't do it from midfield. They had Declan Rice and, and Young Phillips from from, and they were doing the thing. They get it, and there's no imagination. Yeah, in it, their game, it, it's almost it, as if the coaching has changed, and that's what they're telling midfielders to do these days. Yeah, I think so, Nathan. For, I don't know what the reason is, uh, but there's very few 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 mid. I've hardly ever see it, and there's a lot of possession in the games so when you, you see a match start and now it goes back to the centre back over the full back back, back across the pitch back across the pitch uh, and I know I might sound like an old timer talking about football but, but some of it is unnecessary you have to make, make progress you, you, don't, you don't win matches on stats you know, like our stats in the two matches for possession of the ball was quite good but we didn't look like scoring a goal and that usually comes from, the, from, from, from midfield players. And I don't think we have midfield players that can go past players. But we have McLean who can go past and O'Dowd it. So you get it out to them and let them do those particular uh, th- those jobs. That's the way I would, I, would, I would see it. But obviously, if I was a manager, I'd have to play those players to see if it works. Nathan. You don't know. You have it in your head. This could happen. And Stephen hasn't got that luxury. I didn't have that luxury so far because he had to play players in his head. This is what they can do or this is what they can't do. So we finding out about it. So I'd have great sympathy for him in that particular situation. Stick with us, John. We do want to talk about the return of the Premier League. We'll take a quick break, though. Football on Off the Ball. With Paddy Power. More confident than United before a Europa League final. Gamble responsibly. See Dunleary.net. Welcome back. It's Thursday's Off the Ball. We're talking to John Giles. John, Premier League back this weekend. Leeds are back in the big time up against Liverpool on Saturday. And we've been, well, overrun with Leeds United legends this week because we were talking <laughs> to your good friend Eddie Gray on Tuesday night. Ah, yeah, he's a good lad, isn't he, Nathan? Yeah, he's brilliant. We had uh, a really good time talking to him. Lots of great uh, nostalgia and a great storyteller. And considering we spent a lot of time talking about Eddie Gray uh, over the last few years, we thought we might as well ask Eddie Gray about you. Here's what he he had to say. Different different people have different opinions about the game, you know. And, um, you know, when people say to me, who's the best player you played with? You know, and, and I'm splitting hairs. You know, I would come down in favour of John, you know. Um, so, John's been very modest when he says he would be in, wouldn't have been the, the best with United to live in. You know, I think of uh, uh, all the players that I played with, I think there's a good, more than half a team would come down in, in favour of John being uh, the best player they played with. You know, that's my opinion. What, what, what was it about his game that, that made him so good? Well, his knowledge of the game was tremendous. Uh, he had two great feet, a great passer of the ball, could score goals, could also get any great goal-scoring positions. I mean, when I played outside left and 
you know, he, he would knock the ball to me, you know, but he would say to me before the game, don't forget, Eddie, I'm always just inside you and edge of that 18-yard box. You know, if you could buy somebody, you know, I'm always there. If, you know, if, if somebody trying to cover the full back, I'll always be available for you. Yeah, just his general knowledge of how to play the game and, and his, his tremendous ability. I mean, John could do it all. He could win the ball. He could pass the ball. He could buy people in tight areas. Uh, you know, Billy had great feet around the ball. Um, terrific feet. And, and But John had probably the better range of passing, you know. But that's no belittling Billy in any way because I don't think I've seen many players that did a better range of passing with both feet with, than, than Johnny. I mean, the only other player, the player that I think is the best British player I've ever seen is Bobby Charlton. You know, and, and Johnny's no far off that mark to me. Wow. I don't know if you needed an ego boost, John, but better range of passing than Billy Bremner and close to, to Bobby Charlton. It's not bad. <laughs> Well, I, 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 I have to pay him for that. <laughs> <laughs> You'll owe him a few quid, all right. There was about so 10 I minutes of that. Quid. I'll send it on to him, Nathan. <laughs> do, do, do. Uh, yeah, you obviously, uh, listen, we got into, as we've done quite a bit recently, uh, talking about just how brilliant that lead side were. And great to have them back in the Premier League as well, John. And funnily enough, it's, it's Liverpool they go to, Liverpool as champions. And I think yeah. when you were with Leeds, when you came up from the second division, the first game that Leeds played back in 1964 at Elland Road was against Liverpool, who were yeah. the champions at the time. Yes, they were the champions. We had the first match away to Villa, which we won, and then on the Wednesday night we played, uh, we played Liverpool uh, and we beat them 4-2, Nathan. Yeah, you got a goal. I got a goal that night, yeah. Then we went to Anfield the following week and they beat us 2-1. So it was a... It was a it was a great start, obviously, for Leeds at that, at that time. They'd been out of the first, uh, the first, what was then the first division, for a long time as well, Nathan. Mm. You know, so to get the start that we did and, and went on. I mean, that, that was the, at the end of that season. Liverpool beat us in the cup final. That went on from you know from '64 to '65, and uh, Liverpool beat us for the for the first time, the first time they ever won the cup. Uh, actually, but we finished above Liverpool in the league that year. We were pipped by Manchester United. Uh, at that, that particular season, uh, and I think we finished uh, the beaters on goal goal difference, Manchester United. So right. that was a huge season for Leeds, going back into the first division for the first time, runners up in the league and runners up in the cup. Uh, but Liverpool then went on to win the league the following year, uh, Nathan. A win then so early in the season against the Liverpool of that quality and looking at that Liverpool side that Ron Yates, Ian Callaghan, Roger Hunt, Ronnie Moran was playing, Jerry Byrne was there. Like coming up from the second division, that must have been a hell of a confidence boost. Oh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was unbelievable. Uh, because when you come up, like when, when, when we promoted, actually I was one of the few players, I think Big Jack, had, had played in the, what was then the first division. Mm. I mean, the likes of Norman Hunter and Paul Reaney, I don't know if Billy ever did... Uh, you know, the, the, all young players, the Norman Hunter, uh, Terry Cooper, th these were all, this, this was all new to them. I, I was one of the few, and I was only, I think I was only 20, 20, 23 when we got promotion. So it was a very, very young team. Uh, and to, to do what we did and get the start we did, which is, which was great, uh, and we kept it going, uh, was was down to the, the fighting spirit that the Leeds had from from with Don Ruby from, from day one. 
and as when we got better the reason we got better we got uh, players in like uh, Alan Clark and, and uh, Mick Jones and, and, and the players got older obviously and better as, as we went along but always had a good spirit from day one Nathan What was Don Revy on, like on a day like that when you're going up against the champions you're going up against Bill Shankly he's going up against Bill Shankly was, for a huge game like that was he different in any way from a regular match? Not really not really. He, he, he demanded. Uh, he, he demanded. You know, first of all, effort. That that was his starting point, uh, and and a belief, a belief in the team, even though they were young players, to go out and and, and have a go. Uh, so he, he like he, he, he was. He, he used to be pretty nervous, Nathan himself. He was very. He's a very superstitious man. Uh, Don, very right. superstitious. I mean, there was a rumor at the time that the, 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 there was a curse on the ground. That uh, that the ground took over from from some gypsies or something years and years ago, and he got he got some uh, gypsies into to to, uh, to lift, lift the course. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, I'm from I'm from Mayo, so I know all about curses. You don't need to tell me. Fourteen years, Nathan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I well, here, listen. Leeds may well go and beat Liverpool this weekend but I don't think they're going to go on and challenge for the title regardless of, of how they do but to have Leeds back I think it's 15, 16 years and, and just on Eddie Gray because we, we touched on it with him on, on Tuesday night yeah. he's Mr Leeds United he's been there as a player as a manager oh, he's still yeah. there as an ambassador it, yeah. it must have been particularly tough for him at that stage when he was sort of thrown in as caretaker manager and he's the one who's there in charge in 2004 when they're relegated yeah, well, it was it was it was uh, an impossible task for Eddie. He just happened to be there at the time, uh, Nathan. Um, and uh, like he, he, as you say, he's Mr. Leeds United. He's he's been there for a long, long time as a player, and uh, he's still there doing a lot of work. And uh, very, very popular lad, as you can imagine, around the, around the club with the with the supporters, and been there for a long, long time. He, he does a great job uh, generally. Mm. And he's, he's, as you know, you met him the other, or spoke to him. He's a great lad. Eddie. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa confirmed finally today that he's going to stay on as manager uh, <laughs> for next season. He signed he signed his contract. Uh, any expectations for Leeds, or should it, even though the size of the club and people see them still as one of the big powers of English football, is it just about survival? I, well, I would think so, Nathan. I mean, that's your starting point. Mm. You know, survive and then see, see how you go from there. I think they've made a couple of signings which they needed to do. Uh, because watching them playing last year, I watched them playing at Arsenal in the Cup, and for the first 45 minutes, they were absolutely brilliant. Yeah. But they couldn't score, Nathan. You know, I think that happened to them a lot. I mean, like when you're on top of football, you have to be scoring. You have to be getting, getting rewards for a good play. And I, I think that didn't happen to them. So hopefully, if they get somebody in that's going to score a goal, or they do score more goals, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay. From what I've seen, the attitude of the manager is good. Uh, he's not going to be playing, you know, tight and defensively when when he has an opportunity to attack. Uh, and I think that's what they'll do. And particularly at home, I would expect them to do well at home with the crowd behind them and that night. Uh, they've obviously signed uh, Rodrigo, the Spanish international, who they'll be hoping will be the one who'll get them the goals. Mm. In terms of the title race, we're only six weeks since the end of the last season, but it was a strange end for those top teams where we all knew Liverpool were going to go and win the league when football mm. restarted. They bought a left back and that's it. Is that enough for Liverpool to kick on and win it again? I think so, Nathan. It depends on their attitude, which I, I would be amazed if it isn't the same as it was last year. I think it, I think the dark horses next year 
could be Chelsea. Right. You're impressed with the signings they've made? Well, well, I, I don't know, though. I wouldn't be that familiar with them. But the fact is they've spent a lot of money and, and you, you wouldn't expect them to be buying duds for the, the amount of mm. money that they're, they're, they're paying, uh, Nathan. And they have a good base as well. You know, I think they have a good base at, uh, at uh, Chelsea this year. I think he did a good job with them. But if he gets the pe- players in that he decides, well, I'm sure he has, uh, that he wants, they, they could be the dark horses. A lot of speculation today that N'Golo Kante might be on his way out. Inter Milan are mm. in negotiations. I, I know he had injury problems last season and Lampard didn't seem qu- to quite know how to use him. If you want to be winning the league, you would imagine a player of his experience and calibre is someone you want to keep around. I'd be amazed, Nate. I'd be amazed, Nathan, if 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 he's sold. Mm. I'd be absolutely amazed. I think he, I know he had a lot of injuries last year, but any game I saw him playing in, he was brilliant again. Yeah. You don't. Yeah, these guys don't come along every five minutes. Somebody who's going to give you everything in every game to play. Just for examples alone, in in the club. You, you, oh no way! I think he'd. If I was selling any of the players at Liverpool uh, at uh, Chelsea, he'd be the last one to go. Hmm. Nathan, definitely, I can't see that at all. I mean, if you're spending a lot of money to get players in, uh, and you've got what I think he's still like he, he had a lot of injuries last year. Yeah, I think he's still the most valuable midfield player in the Premiership. Hmm. I know you've spoken before about when Leeds won the title and maybe not knowing how you were going to start the next season. What are you looking out for with Liverpool then in terms of attitude in these opening weeks that suggests to you that actually, yeah, they still have that desire there to go and win it back-to-back? You know from the first match, Nathan, and I'd, I'd be surprised if... The, I think Klopp is brilliant at, 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 in this particular situation, that he'll demand it. He won't, he won't... He'll say, forget about last year, it's gone, which it is, obviously... Uh, this is what I expect again. And he's got a big enough squad, you see, to, to change it round. Yeah. I know, like you're saying, he didn't buy, but he didn't need to buy. He's you, in a very lucky position. You, he didn't, you think those young players can step up? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any doubts about them. Nathan, what we saw of them playing last, last season, when they played uh, in, in the, the cup ties mm. at Villa and one or two other places, they were excellent. You know, this, this wasn't just a... Uh, ordinary young lads, and and don't forget, you only ha- you only need two or three at a time at the most to come in with the big players, and I'd have no doubts about them whatsoever to to step up to the mark. All right, John, you're going with Liverpool for the title again. We shall see what happens, and we'll talk to you again next Thursday night. Yeah, thanks, Nathan. Thanks a lot, John. Bye bye. Football on off the ball with Paddy Power. More confident than United before a Europa League final. Gamble responsibly. See Dunleary.net. That was an OTB Podcast Network presentation.